everybody. Welcome to the SFM podcast, a weekly show where we sit down and talk about our favorite news of the week in the world of comic book movies and TV. Joining me is my wife, Eleanor. Hello. My name is Derek, and we want to thank you guys for joining us today. If you're a fan of comic book movies or horror, Star Wars, or any of that kind of stuff, then please consider subscribing to the channel because that's all we talk about, and we upload several times a week in long and short format. Also, if you're listening to us on an audio-only format, that's, you know, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, all that good stuff, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe here for more content. It does help us reach more people like you. This week, we're going to start the show out with Buy and Sell, which is a show we've been doing the last couple of weeks. It is our own rendition, of course, which I'm sure you guys are all familiar with a show called Buy or Sell. This week is going to be a little different since we are starting the show out. Eleanor does not know any of the predetermined topics, so let's get into it. The very first one, James Mangold, director of Wolverine and, of course, Logan, which is a world-class movie, wants to direct or work with James Gunn and Peter Safran at DC Studios. He came out to voice his online support for James Gunn during these kind of I don't know, controversial times, maybe one would say, and is voicing his support for his vision so far for DC Studios. Eleanor, do you buy or sell James Mangold wanting to work with James Gunn and Peter Safran? There's too many Jameses in this story. (laughs) I'm sorry, yeah. Yes, um, I, I totally buy it because he is a very talented director, judging by what I've seen with his X Men stuff, you know, with Wolverine and with. Logan. I think it's the only bit of his work I've seen, but based upon that... Me too. Not gonna lie. Based upon that, I would say, yeah, that'd be exciting. Like, especially with Logan, that movie made me cry so many tears, so I would be excited to see what tears he could make me cry in the DC universe. And, you know, if he directs something, I hope it's, like, a movie about a character we've not seen yet. You know, I hope it's something totally outside the box, because I feel like that would be really good to see from him. I'm going to go ahead and buy it, too. I mean, it's not surprising that, you know, a director's like, hey, I want to do something DC. I want to do a Superman or Batman movie, even though a lot of people have voiced their opinion of, I wouldn't want to do that because it's too, like, high IP. There's too many people that have their own vision already of how those characters should be portrayed. So a director might not want to do their own spin on it. But even James Mangold himself has done certain spins with Wolverine, and some of them haven't been as great with, like, the Wolverine, which I I actually do like most of that movie. But uh, Logan, total masterpiece. So if he could bring that level of quality to the DC studios, especially if they're going to launch, like, a Phase 1 film, I'd love to see him personally go for maybe, like, a Flash sequel or maybe a DC... Uh, DCU, Batman, or even maybe uh, Man of Steel. Who knows? All right. Next, buy and sell, Jonathan Majors, the actor playing Kang the Conqueror, uh, the actor who's played multiple different variants. I believe his initial debut was actually in Loki, the finale for that series. And it was a very different variant of that character. But he recently came out and compared the character to Thanos. And to quote Jonathan Majors, I mean, what do you want me to say? Listen, 
I think Thanos was an incredible big bad, and we're only in this phase because he did such a great job. Josh Brolin did a great job at portraying him. I try not to make comparisons between King and Thanos, but it's a whole different world. I'll say that it's a whole different world. My assignment is different, and the character of King is different, so it will be different. And as far as the fear and intimidation factor and the powerful factor, we'll let the movie show. I mean, he's hell of an actor and a hell of a performer. I don't know. You heard him in the show. If you think I'm evil, wait until you meet my variants. So we'll see. So what do you think? Buy or sell that King the Conqueror is going to be as powerful or more as Thanos. Which is something that has been reported numerous times over the last few weeks. Well, I buy that he himself will be more powerful than Thanos, but I sell that he's going to be more intimidating or have a plot that is more intimidating than erasing half the world's population in a single snap. So are you selling? No, like I said, I'm buying that he's going <laughs> to be more popular, but I sell that he's going to be more fearsome. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and sell it just because I haven't seen enough, simply. And just because I don't want to ride the line like you safely, I understand. But I, I I, just can't necessarily get on board with a character that we just really haven't seen all that much of other than Loki. Right. And it sounds like Kevin Feige really believes in not only the actor, but this character to ride, to have the multiverse saga on his shoulders. So I do believe this villain is going to be great. He doesn't need to be as big as Thanos either. Right. He it can just be a be good compared. villain. Right. You know, as long as he's a good villain, I'll be happy. Moving on to the next buy and sell. The first image of Joker Fully Ado was released recently as the production has finally began. Now, we've heard a lot about this film over the last few years. First, there was no sequel talks from Joker, and then all of a sudden, hey, there's maybe a Joker sequel going to happen. You know, the film... Hit a billion dollars. It's the highest grossing R-rated film, yada, yada. And then we hear, oh, there might be some musical elements. There might be Lady Gaga playing Harley Quinn. And it also might be a musical. And we've heard a lot of different little things about it here and there like that. That has maybe dampened some people's enthusiasm. But... The first Joker movie and movies like The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Trilogy, Logan, are great examples of comic book movies that are able to go outside the comic book movie genre. Is this, not just this image, but this movie, do you buy it or sell it? The, is this an example of the comic book movie going too far out of the comic book movie genre? From just what we know so far. I don't know. I am a little on the fence, but I to take a stance and not piss everyone off, I guess I'll say bye. Um, I think it could be an interesting concept. It might be too far out of the realm, but I don't know. We haven't seen it yet. I kind of felt there were musical elements in the first Joker, especially with the dancing scenes and stuff. There just wasn't any singing. They would added some singing into it. It would have kind of fit the narrative pretty well. So I could see with how musically entwined this version of the Joker is that possibly working. The only thing that worries me, and this is because I haven't seen her act in any movies. I know she's been in plenty of films like The House of Gucci and stuff. 
I didn't watch that movie. The Star is Born, right? Right. So I didn't watch that one either. So I've heard she's a good actress, and I know she's a good singer. So I just don't know how I feel about having Lady Gaga be Harley Quinn. But I guess time will tell. We'll see. Because I was when I first saw Margot Robbie, I was like, I don't know about this. And when I saw the movie, I was like, she's fantastic. So maybe it'll be a similar situation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be positive, and I'll buy it. I'm with you. I'm going to buy it, even though I am one of those very, very small minority of people that hates musicals with a burning passion. Guys, I have to force him to watch them with me. I don't know why, because I love music, and I love movies, but when you combine them, I just cringe, and I don't know why. But I love Todd Phillips' vision. I loved... Uh, the portrayal of Arthur Fleck and Joaquin's uh, performance, and the idea of getting a sequel to this, I'm all on board. So if they're going to do something that just has small little elements and nothing I don't think is 100% confirmed either. So even if there's one little scene or a few different scenes, even somebody who hates musicals like myself, I'm going to get over it very easily if the rest of the film is almost as good or as good or better as the original. So I'm going to buy it for now. Next buy and sell. Zach Levi is willing to bet his friendship with James Gunn and Peter Safran on Shazam being a big part of the future DCU. So he was asked at a convention whether or not he believed Shazam had a big part in the future DCU moving forward and James Gunn and Peter Safran's vision. And Peter Safran is a producer on the first Shazam movie, somebody who's worked with Zachary Levi before, so it's no surprise that Zachary Levi is kind of joking around like, yeah, man, I I mean, they're my friends, so if they don't you know, have me included, then we're not friends anymore. Do you buy that Zachary Levi and Shazam is going to be involved in the DCU moving forward and that Zachary Levi is willing to bet his, bet his friendship on it? I'd buy I'd buy because <laughs> I don't think that they're going to piss off a phenomenal actor like Zachary Levi because, I mean, that's just dumb. You have him playing a phenomenal character. He's doing an amazing job at it. The whole cast of Shazam I really like. So, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're already breaking our hearts by cutting all these other films, don't freaking touch Shazam. You're really gonna, like, push me into a little bit of a cuckoo land there. Then I might be, you know going off my rocker bit, getting a little angry. So right. I definitely buy it and say that I don't think they're going to piss off Zach Levi. If anything, for Shazam, I would say that it's the least damaged property out of the DC oh, yeah. going forward. So I'm going to go ahead and buy because not only do I believe Zachary Levi truly doesn't know and he's just speculating and kind of joking around playing face. Who knows? Maybe he does know everything and he's just doing a really good job of playing coy. Because he's a great actor, after all. Guys, he's not the werewolf. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I do believe that Shazam is going to have some sort of future moving forward. Because although he's made a lot of references to Batman and he had a Superman cameo, we never saw Henry Cavill. And although right. they've alluded to Black Adam, they never showed Dwayne Johnson. So if they don't want to move forward with Henry Cavill and Dwayne Johnson, but they do want to move forward with Zachary Levi... They absolutely could. but So I'm going to go ahead and buy. And that will include buy and sell. Please let us know what topics this week you personally are buying and selling down in the comments below.
and for our first predetermined topic. And if you guys have any topics that you'd like to have us ta- have us discuss over the course of the week, just let us know down in a comment of any of our videos. We'll jot it down, and we'll make sure to give you a shout-out. The first topic of the week, Crisis on Infinite Earths movie, which was reportedly being developed over the last few months, which was kind of still being a little bit uh Skepticized, if that's a word. We're still definitely skeptical, myself, anyways, on if this was actually being made. because It's definitely under scrutiny right now. It didn't seem like DC was really in a place to do a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie, but it seems like it was, in fact, being developed and would have reportedly had Henry Cavill as the lead. Eleanor, what is your thoughts on all of that? Well, first of all... um, I think that Crisis on Infinite Earths is a very interesting story. I was introduced to it when I watched it on the Arrowverse, and I always found it really interesting from there, looked into it more, and I like the way it can kind of, you know, narrow the universe a little bit, but also broaden it in a way, if that makes sense. It narrows it because the amount of worlds you have left afterward, there's not very many, But you get to see all these characters from all these different worlds, and you get to meet all these different villains and stuff, and everyone has to come together. And, I mean, God, it would have had Henry Cavill in it. That's what everyone's screaming for on the internet right now, is Henry Cavill here, Henry Cavill there, Henry Henry Cavill everywhere. I mean, the people who really like The Witcher, they have their pitchforks out, they are ready to go to war to get Henry Cavill back. And then you have people who want him back in the DC universe. You have people who want him as James Bond. I mean, he's a hot actor right now. Yeah. Like, red hot. The Witcher. His, yes. His Still char- want him back as the Witcher. Yeah, his career is on fire right now. So I think it would be stupid to just cancel any project that has him in it. So I'm just... I'm disappointed, but... It's been I'm, a rough go for DC lately, yeah, DC fans. Yeah, it's been like... Oh, so you're telling me I could have had all these things that Marvel's getting all these things all the time, but like I could have had all these movies and you're canceling them. Thanks for telling me what the projects are while you're canceling them. Like that only like it's like, oh, here's your wound. Let's put some salt in it and rub it in there real good. It's like if you're going to cancel it, just don't tell me what it is. I'd rather not know what it is cuz that just breaks my heart. Well, I personally I disagree because I personally would have rather known, in fact, what was going on behind the scenes. I really would love to see a documentary about all the acquisition and the drama with not only this acquisition of WB Discovery, but also the AT&T merger and all of the drama with the Kevin Sujahara fallout and the Justice League reshoots. I think that would be an epic Discovery Plus, listen here. So you're just going to call (laughs) it... HBO Max. Yeah, here you go. So you call it the BS WBD, because then you have all these acronyms, right? And everyone knows what BS stands for. So it would be like, that's a good title for your documentary. There you go. I just made you a million dollars. You can credit me. It's probably something that won't come out for another, like, 20, 30 years because everybody's right. still attached. But... I was about to say, and all the BS is still happening. They have to finish the BS before they can write about the BS. But Crisis on Infinite movie is probably a movie that every DC fan would want to see. And in the original comics, they were intending to bring all of the worlds together because there's so much of a mess going on in the comics. There are so many different multi multiverses out there that it was just becoming so hectic and so, so messy. 
And in a lot of ways, that kind of reflects the DCEU, what's connected, what's not. Apparently, it all has been connected so far, but there hasn't been any really connective tissues over the last several films, really. Anything that's not Snyder, really. I mean, that's not necessarily true, I guess. There's there's some references here and there and other things. But Crisis on Infinite Earths movie, I definitely don't think they're in the right position, like I said, to do it. But that's kind of been WB's thing this whole time. But it sounds like it's not going to happen, at least this version. Now, with DCU and DC Studios, maybe it will. Maybe it will happen 10, 15 years from now after two or three Justice League movies with either a new cast or the same cast. And maybe that's kind of their Infinity War endgame and they just don't want to rush it. Well, to play devil's advocate, it would also be a good way for you to tie up all these loose ends that are out there right now and reboot your universe and start it over and be able to establish who's in it, who's not, what's going on, who are our characters. Crisis on Infinite Earths would be a good way to be like, we're killing off these people, we're keeping these people. And it would make everything a lot less confusing, because then you could recast people. It's like, no, 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 that's just Earth 2 versions of this, you know? And it would I think it would just make everything a lot easier for people to understand. It would streamline the whole process. So I think they were in a position to do Crisis on Infinite Earths, and I don't think... You know, like, they necessarily should have canceled it. But what happens if the movie comes out, it's got a director, writer attached to it that, you know, either is good or bad, but they don't have any sort of plan moving forward. And then they just find themselves in the same position again. So they end up rebooting everything, kind of like how Fox and the X-Men did with Days of Future Past. They were rebooting everything, kind of retconned X-Men 3, X-Men Origins Wolverine, got rid of the bad Deadpool, and killing off of Jean Grey and all of uh, Patrick Stewart's uh, uh, Charles Xavier was alive again, and the future that they saw was no longer present. And then in X-Men Apocalypse and uh, Dark Phoenix, it was like all of a sudden the connective tissues that once again were starting to kind of be continuity uh, there's big continuity errors and big plot holes between the films again. What if they do this Crisis on Infinite Earths movie, and then once again the next film comes out and it's you know another Black Adam? Right. I think if you were to do a Crisis on Infinite Earths, it would have to be a hard reboot. And if you wanted to do a soft reboot, then you can't do Crisis on Infinite Earths. So I guess it depends upon what the slate has in store for us. So if they are planning on doing more stuff later down the road with the same people we have, they're going to have to just soft reboot it. But could you imagine seeing Henry Cavill in there with Brandon Routh, maybe Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, who knows what they had planned, but whatever you guys think about the cancellation of that movie, or I, I guess it was never like in deep production, but it's no longer happening. However you think about it, We'd love to hear it. And the next topic is also quite related. So a lot of this conversation is probably going to carry over Man of Steel 2, which recently headlocked the legendary DC producer Charles Roven. And it got Stephen Knight to write the film, who was, of course, from Peaky Blinders, is also been officially declined from Warner Brothers. 
This was a story that came out a few weeks ago or a few days ago. And Charles Roven is a guy that's, you know, was attached to the Dark Knight trilogy, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, the Ultimate Edition, I believe Wonder Woman, and of course Justice League, and of course many other films as well. As soon as I heard he was in, he was attached to Man of Steel 2, I thought, okay, there's no way this thing is not happening now. With that level of caliber, high caliber films under his belt, I thought there's no way that this movie is not happening. And it sounds like from the reports that James Gunn and Peter Safran are still open to A Man of Steel 2, but a different pitch. So, Eleanor, what do you think about that? Again, big sad, big disappointment, because the Dark Knight is and Dark Knight trilogy itself, all three movies, are some of the most successful comic book movies of all time, and they're some of the greatest, in and my opinion. And you could say, of course, Nolan is yes. most to credit for that. Right. Um... But even if they had like a similar feel, I would be like, wouldn't you like, why wouldn't you say yes to that? But I guess if they have a feeling in mind that they want their movies to have and it doesn't line up, I get, like, I get that. But if you're calling it Man of Steel 2, I think you also have to have some continuity with the first Man of Steel. You can't entirely change the flavor of it, if that makes sense. It has to feel like Man of Steel. Otherwise, it can't be Man of Steel 2. Otherwise, it's just a reboot, to me, at least, because if you make it feel entirely different, that's just like saying, you know, like, oh, this is the exact same as Christopher Reeves, but it's also Man of Steel 2. For me, that doesn't work. Like, Brandon Routh's worked as a sequel because it felt the same. He damn near looks like Christopher Reeve. And because his Superman acted very, very similarly, if not the exact same as Christopher Reeve. So it worked as kind of a Superman 5. Like, Man of Steel was entirely different. It was a reboot of that. Right. And I don't think if you're going to change the tone, you would have to call it a reboot again. Just in my opinion. Even with Henry Cavill? Even with Henry Cavill. Because if you're going to entirely change the tone, it's not the same Superman to me. Unless you're going to explain it somehow through, you know, oh, well, after Justice League, X, Y, and Z happened, and now this. That might work. You may be able to do some writing jazz and exposition and fill that in for me. But it still might not be believable to me. Because, like, Henry Cavill's Superman at times was jaded, was kind of dark, was depressed. He wasn't always happy sunshine-go-lucky. He had harder moments. And not saying that the other supermen haven't, but it's just the type of jaded and the type of sadness that he experienced was very, I like, I was going to say iconic, but unique is more the word I'm looking for. More unique to Zack Snyder's vision. So I think that's why they probably turned it down, too, was just because we want to get away from that and move into this. And to me, it's a little disappointing. I... What Like, last week I had high hopes. I'm like, I'm so excited for DC. I'm going to stay positive. And now this week I'm like the exact opposite. I'm like, what are they doing to my favorite characters? So are you, are you saying that they're going to do a Man of Steel 2 with a new tone, but also with Henry Cavill or without him? If they do a Man of Steel 2, I think that's what they do. But I don't like, I don't have any insider, any insider information, by the way. I'm just <laughs> speculating here. I honestly don't think it's going to happen now. Right. And also, it should be noted that it was never officially titled Man of Steel 2, but it was a 
kind of understood that it was a sequel to Man of Steel. Right. So it was, even though it was going to have more of a Richard Donner tone, like you said, with Henry Cavill. I, I'm on the other side of the fence with you, though. I, I think that they could have done a more lighthearted Superman film with Henry Cavill, called it Superman, the Man of Tomorrow or whatever, or Man of Steel 2 even, because we've seen Henry Cavill already in a more lighter tone. There was a lot of moments in Man of Steel, less moments in Batman vs. Superman, but still a lot of moments with him and his mother and him with uh, Lois, especially in the Ultimate Edition. The Ultimate Edition had so many more scenes with Clark. Clark being right. a journalist. Clark being almost like a detective at times, too. And also being a husband and a son, which also paid a lot more uh, off. It had a lot more emotional payoff for me when he later died in the film. But anyways, I do think that they could have done it with him and with a new tone, because once we got to even Zack Snyder's Justice League, he's almost making jokes when he's beating up Steppenwolf. Like, so I, I do think that he could have been portrayed in a brighter light, and it doesn't have to be in a darker setting, because I think that the world around him was just more dark. If Christopher Reeve's Superman was in Batman versus Superman, and the world was still reacting to Superman the way it did to Henry Cavill's, which was very conflicted, which almost mirrored the way that the audience felt about Man of Steel, which was very conflicted. The world debated in Batman vs. Superman whether or not the world even needed a Superman. And if Christopher Reeve had that reaction to him, or his Superman had that reaction from the world of they were debating on is he a god? Is he a man with the powers of a god who's just trying to do the right thing? Should he be, you know, uh, held accountable for his actions? Should he be sent in when we want him to? I think Christopher Reeve's Superman would have reacted quite similarly to Henry Cavill's, which is why I love Henry Cavill's Superman so much, is because I do think he is so similar to Christopher Reeve's Superman. He was just in a lot more darker settings, which is more, you know, I think more realistic, at least to today's setting. Both are great, and I think both are just the Superman of their era. But it sounds like Man of Steel 2 <laughs> is no longer a thing. And it wasn't a thing for, like, I don't know, the last 10 years. And then right. the last, like, three months, there was like, hey, any of you Superman fans, here's some hope. And then James Gunn, Peter Safran came in, and now none of us know anything at all. And we're all yeah. just going crazy in circles, speculating Without... You know the that meme of the guy with the papers and the nails and the red string, and he just looks insane. Right. He's like, yes. "That's all of us right now. We're all like, no, I know what's going on because of this." You see, James Gunn tweeted that he doesn't like Henry Cavill, and then somebody oh, else said, "Don't even get into that, <laughs> dude. Don't even get into that." But <laughs> what do you guys think about Man of Steel two, which had Charles Robin, Stephen Knight attached? no longer happening, or at least was declined, rejected by Warner Bros. Discovery. Are you on board with it being declined because you, you have so much faith in James Gunn and Peter Safran or maybe other reasons, or are you disappointed like me and Eleanor? Whatever you think, we'd love to hear your insight onto this. So it was reported that a Michael Keaton Batman movie was in development. It was going to be some sort of Batman Beyond movie, 
and it was being developed for a return for Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. It was going to reignite their love interest, and it was going to be kind of a Batman 3 of sorts. And of course, as the other films we've talked about so far on this show, it is no longer happening. Eleanor, you didn't grow up with the Batman Tim Burton movies, but Mm -hmm. since being with me, you've seen Batman 89 numerous times. You recently saw Batman Returns, I think, all the way through for the second time. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? And you, you just also recently saw Batman Beyond. So what are your thoughts? Batman Beyond was potentially going to happen. It came really freaking close with Michael Keaton, which has been a dream for a lot of people the last 25 years. What do you think? Big sand. Big sad, because I really loved Batman Beyond. I mean, we watched it throughout the pregnancy, so, you know, there was a lot of sentimental attachment there, too. And just because it's an awesome show. The soundtrack is lit in that show. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Yeah. The grunge feel is so good. And then I loved Harry McGinnis as a character, and it would have been amazing to see a rendition of grumpy-ass old Bruce with Michael Keaton. I would have like died for that that would be amazing and michelle pfeiffer is so iconic too her catwoman is my favorite catwoman so i'm really sad that this would have happened and that it didn't once again dreams crushed like i'm really sad about this i love batman beyond now there was reports that it was also going to potentially be set in the present day now how would you have felt about that I think it still would have worked because some of the, not all of the technology, but some of the technology that is in Batman Beyond, that, you know, the show came out in the 90s for anyone who didn't know, um, some of that technology is around today. Like, smartphone type things are around. And, like, Teslas, I think, are pretty close to some of those cars. They just don't fly. So, I mean, I think they could make it around present time, but I don't think it would have worked as well, and it wouldn't have felt as iconic. And there would be some limitations with the technology you could give Batman Beyond in present day. So I think it would need to be at least 10 to 20 years in the future if they were to do that. Right. I don't know how I feel about Terry McGinnis being on the Justice League with like Clark Kent, Diana Prince, Hal Jordan, Barry Allen, Aquaman, and then there's Terry McGinnis. You know, I always envision Terry with like Hawkman's son. John Stewart's son, Hawkgirl's daughter, or something right. like that. Diana's daughter, like maybe even granddaughter, like right. years and years in the future, and almost like a like a Blade Runner or like a uh, Coruscant, almost even, which yes. would be kind of a higher budget. And Batman Beyond is not the biggest IP, so I can understand why maybe they wouldn't want it to happen. But you got Michael freaking Keaton as Batman in there, and. Can you imagine the not only the legend of or not legend, but the legacy of Batman Beyond as a character being able to live on not just from animated series and Kevin Conroy attachment. Rest in peace. But also get to carry on Michael Keaton's Batman legacy because he's not going to be around forever either. And to have a symbol like Batman Beyond, not necessarily as the Batman in the Justice League, but in his own universe or maybe just set in the same universe, but in the future, carry on the symbol of that Batman. I think it would have been great. And like I said before, maybe they could still do it, but 
What do you guys think? Do you think it would have been awesome to see Michelle Pfeiffer return as Catwoman? Do you think she would have been too old? Do you think it would have been great to have this kind of Batman Beyond-centric movie? Or are you okay with maybe not seeing it for another few years or maybe not ever? Whatever you think, we'd love to get your insight and love to hear your thoughts down below. Our next topic is James Gunn calls Superman DC's biggest priority, which is a response that he got to a tweet which someone sent a picture of Superman and said, James, please just tell us, is Superman a plan in your DCU? Superman has been on the sideline. He's for far too long. He's the world's greatest superhero, yada, yada, yada. And James Gunn said, of course, Superman is a huge priority for us, if not DC's biggest. Eleanor, what do you think about that? Well, I hope to God he feels that way because, I mean, I think there was a study done. You told me about this years ago, so I don't know how old this study is or it's if it's even still accurate. Probably not accurate anymore. But at one point in time, the two most popular, like, not popular, most easily recognized symbols by most cultures in the world was, number one, the Christian cross, and number two, Superman. The symbol. Just the S. So I think that's pretty goddamn significant, even if this was in the 80s that this was true. I think that's still significant. Like, that's a comic book hero and a religion. That's insane. So I think, yeah, he needs to take it seriously. And the fans have been wanting a proper Superman Man of Steel sequel. We've been, we like Henry Cavill's Superman Finally, everyone's turned around on that because I know when it came out, people were kind of iffy. They were on the fence. Right. People have turned around. They've realized that Henry Cavill is a very talented actor. He's very good at Superman. I think it's time to let him shine, give him his moment, and give the DC fans the Superman they want. You know, give the people what they want. That's the one thing that I really, really, really appreciate Dwayne Johnson for. He wants to give the people what they want. So I really I really want that. I really hope that they are prioritizing Superman. Just to play devil's advocate with you, not everybody likes Henry Cavill Superman still. Not everybody wants him to return and want more of a Christopher Reeve-like Superman and more of that sort of tone. And, you know, to each their own, it's all personal preference. But I get what you're saying. That It seems like a lot more people have definitely turned around regarding his Superman. Maybe they just saw him in other things, or maybe those movies just kind of grew on him. And I know a, lo a lot of people got turned turned around when they saw Zack Snyder's Justice League, when they weren't overwhelmed with terrible CGI and editing, and they right. could actually see, you know, some of the performances. Mustache Gate. <laughs> and Mustache Gate. So, but James Gunn calling Superman DC's biggest priority, I think, is great news among all of this kind of bad news with DC to end kind of on a good note that, you know, we don't know if Jason Momoa is going to keep being Aquaman. If you like him as Aquaman, it's kind of a bad time to be a fan of him as Aquaman. If you're excited for him to be as Lobo, then it's a great time. We don't know about Henry Cavill as Superman, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot. We don't know about the DCU going forward. But hearing that Superman is at least going to be a part of it, I think is at least kind of the light at the end of the tunnel that say, hey, there is hope. Whatever version of prioritizing Superman that may be, we will have to wait and see. But whatever you guys think, let us know in the comments below as we'd love to hear your thoughts. Moving on to our next topic, James McAvoy 
revealed finally his favorite X-Men movie and the most challenging to work on as an actor. The actor went on to say that X-Men First Class was his favorite X-Men movie and that Days of Future Past was the one that stretched his acting muscles the most out of the X-Men movies. Eleanor, what are your thoughts? Well, X-Men First Class is a great movie. It took a while for me to be able to like turn around and say that. Um, because at first I wasn't a fan of it. It was very divided or divisive. But, um, after I've watched it after a few years, I've matured more. I appreciate the movie more. Um, and Days of Future Past is an awesome movie. I think that one's probably the best one of the reboot ones. Um, by reboot, I mean the ones with James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. Sequels, prequels, whatever they are. Yeah. The continuity, schmontinuity, beginning of the continuity, schmontinuity. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I would say First Class is probably the second best out of that. So I could see why that one is probably his favorite. And, you know, it is challenging the type of Xavier he was in Days of Future Past. He was almost like a drug addict recovering from all of this emotional trauma and trying to get over it and having to relearn who he was again and to prioritize his mental health and the safety of others over being able to walk. I mean... He had to do a lot of sacrificing in that movie and a mental workout. So, yeah, I could see why this would really make him have to flex as an actor. And he did a great job. Yeah, I totally agree. I I did not want to see X-Men First Class, honestly, when it first came out, just because it was a new cast. I was so attached to the original that I didn't want to embrace the idea of seeing them younger, even though they introduced the idea of x-men origins wolverine i thought oh it'd be great to see a younger version of magneto but for some reason seeing a younger version of xavier i just wasn't on board for some reason i was just too young too immature but when i did get around to seeing it not only the soundtrack blew me away but the story arcs for not only xavier but especially eric was brilliant and you had Kevin Bacon in there as a villain. Some of the stuff with the teenagers kind of giving each other like code names I thought was kind of cheesy. And yeah, there were parts of their characters that was kind of bad. And I know a lot of people dog on Jennifer Lawrence's mystique. And I think my favorite performance of hers was probably this film just because she was a lot more innocent, just more of kind of a hero, if anything, than a villain. Days of Future Past, she was kind of more in the uh, writing the line, which maybe I preferred that. It was more subtle, but it seemed like she just did not have a, her heart in it. But I do think that both of those films, despite that, are some of my favorite personal X-Men movies and comic book movies in general. So hearing that James McAvoy also agrees with me, then, yeah, it makes me feel good that he <laughs> like, also... I have good taste. Yeah, I have damn good taste, and... Uh, it's it's good to hear that he does still have fond memories because I know Apocalypse really, really disappointed a lot of people. And it was a significant step down. Not as much as Dark Phoenix did. Dark Phoenix pretty much just buried the hatchet with that one. I was going to say, Apocalypse, I can say I like most of it. I think the pros outweigh the bad. But what, when I got to Dark Phoenix, man, I was I was literally mad. Well, especially because like they call half it the movie. X-Men, colon, Dark Phoenix. And you know how long the X-Men are in it? <laughs> Five seconds. Like, Quicksilver 
fucking like Aww. it's what they do what they do this with the flash a lot in the dc universe where the flash trips and all of a sudden he's gone for the rest of the movie or he's killed off by something really stupid that he could figure it out because of his super speed but for this one incident he didn't and then quicksilver is the same thing tripped out for the rest of the movie i'm like are you serious so no quicksilver in the rest of the movie and then you have eric it's like when is Magneto going to show up? You get an hour in and it's like, finally, we see Magneto. <laughs> you know, I know we've gone over time here, but I just got to rant about, I love Evan Peters as Quicksilver. I think it is the greatest introduction of an X-Men character other than Magneto himself and maybe Wolverine. But so he's top three. All right. <laughs> At least in the top <laughs> three. At least top three. <laughs> but he was introduced in days of future past so subtly it was just like oh this guy's really quick really uh quick-witted and i already like him he has that epic epic super super speed scene uh breaking out magneto in days of future past i thought that was great and we got a couple of good scenes with him throughout the rest of the movie but he got a lot more time to shine in apocalypse which had the mansion scene and he was actually a part of the team in the third act which was really great to see and he even had a little bit of emotional arc we found out okay he is in fact the son of magneto and he is trying to reach out to magneto who just lost his family and so by the time dark phoenix comes around we're like okay this is when not only is we've had a a steady trajectory upward of not only screen time but story arc for this character of Evan Peters Quicksilver. And we've been leading to this story of revealing that he is Eric's son. And you have family left. Right. And you know what they did with Dark Phoenix? They wrote him off in the first five freaking minutes because he, what injured his, I don't even remember. But they had that little scene in outer space and that was it. And, and then you get to WandaVision you have a couple of great scenes with him just to end it with a, a Ralph Boner joke. Oh, that was horrible. I hated that. I know Evan Peters was on board for it, and I know I sound like a little bitch, but I am one of those people that was like crying and moaning about it. Because I was like, come on, dude. This guy had such a good story. I've heard lots of people and crying and moaning about it. All right. Such I don't a, think you're in too much of a minority. Such a good story and introduction just to kind of fizzle out and then get a dick joke. Yeah, that's it was just not like, only underwhelming, but disappointing. On. I hope he got paid a good, handsome reward at least. But moving on to our final topic, Patty Jenkins clears the air. Patty Jenkins denies walking away from Wonder Woman 3. The Hollywood Reporter recently quoted and reported, although other sites did publish similar reports, that it was Jenkins who decided to pass on helming the project after receiving notes on the treatment she submitted to the studio. It was said that WB higher-ups weren't completely sold on her pitch, which contained character arc problems which rivaled that of Wonder Woman 1984, end quote. So it was basically saying that, yeah, this had severe character arc problems that were worse than Wonder Woman 84, and we just cannot move forward. Okay, so... And we also have been hearing reports that Rogue Squadron also might be canceled and that similar issues. So Patty Jenkins jumped on Twitter, and here's what she had to say. And it it is long, so bear with me here. I'll try and do my best. Quote, sigh. 
dot, dot, dot. I'm not one to talk about private career matters, but I will not allow inaccuracies to continue. Here are the facts. I originally left Rogue Squadron after a long and productive development process when it became clear it couldn't happen soon enough, and I did not want to delay Wonder Woman 3 any further. When I did, Lucasfilm asked me to consider coming back to Rogue Squadron after Wonder Woman 3, which I was honored to do, so I agreed. They made a new deal with me. In fact, I'm still on it, and that project has been in active development ever since. I don't know if it will happen or not. We never do until the development process is complete, but I look forward to its potential ahead. When there started being backlash about Wonder Woman 3 not happening, the attractive clickbait false story that it was me that killed it or walked away started to spread. This is simply not true. I never walked away. I was open to considering anything asked of me. It was my understanding that there was nothing I could do to move anything forward at this time. DC is obviously buried in changes they are having to make. So I understand these decisions are difficult right now. I do not want what has been a beautiful journey with Wonder Woman to land on a negative note. I have loved and been so honored to be the person who got to make these last two Wonder Woman films. She's an incredible character. Living in and around her values makes one a better person every day. I wish her and her legacy an amazing future ahead, with or without me. Looks like she goes on to just compliment every uh, person that has impacted her in her life and regarding the behind the scenes with Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 84, and goes on to thank the Wonder Woman fans, her supporters, and everybody throughout the journey, and wants to keep up the Wonder Woman spirit, and uh, any day you face struggles, just think about what would Wonder Woman do. But it sounds like she just could not get anything moved forward, and that they actually did decline her project, as well as all of these other projects that have been declined. So it's not necessarily surprising to me to hear that the report is true. Well, the initial report was true that the character arcs was maybe that was the reason that it got declined, or maybe it's just not with what vision they have going forward. But it sounds like from at least Patty Jenkins, if she's being honest and genuine here that no, she, she didn't walk away. She wasn't fed up or anything like we all were told from, I believe it was deadline. I could be wrong on that. Eleanor, what do you think about all this? Well, this is hard because it kind of seems a little bit like he said, he said, she said. And when you kind of have these hearsay type arguments, it's hard to decipher really who's telling the truth. So, I mean, I'm going to take all of this with a little grain of salt because one person saying, no, it was you. And the other person saying, no, it was me. I'm pointing fingers. I just don't like doing, especially when I don't have good evidence. But if she is telling the truth, that is really disappointing that, I mean, they wouldn't even give her a chance to, you know, lay, let me write something else. Let me try to do something different. But that would confirm for me that they're like, okay, you know what? Not right now. We don't, we don't have that planned out. Hopefully that's all it is, is a not right now, maybe later. And not a no, we're done with you, we're done with this. Because that would make me really sad. I really love Wonder Woman, and that would just be so much more devastating bad news. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Warner Brothers and James Gunn and uh, Peter Safran right. were the ones that axed it. Because, I mean... 
They're the ones it, in charge. Right. And it wouldn't surprise me if that's the way it went instead of her walking off the project because she doesn't strike me as someone who is a diva like that who would just kind of get up and leave a project or just because she wasn't getting her way. She doesn't strike me as that kind of director. She seemed very passionate. I felt the passion for Wonder Woman in the first two movies we saw. So I wouldn't see her as being willing to really give that up so easily. So I can see this being true as well. But I can see truth in both in both sides. So I think what it, my mom has always said to me is, you know, everyone has this story and that story, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Right, and the one thing that she never did mention was the character arc and the story that she submitted. She never did comment on how they reacted to the movie that she submitted or the story that she submitted. All she really did was say that, yeah, I just can't get a story going forward. So right. maybe that's just maybe that's just James Gunn and Peter Safran hitting pause on all scripts and movies being submitted at this time and they're just not green lighting any films. Maybe they're gonna hit pause for five years. I would say maybe their desks are full and they're like, no. <laughs> I doubt they're gonna hit pause for five years because their contracts aren't that long. But right. They're probably working on something. It does to me honestly kind of seem like it is another sign that they might be rebooting just because it's another one of these movies that would have probably gone forward in the DCEU under Walter Hamada or maybe even Kevin Sujihara where they're just like, okay, this is something that has been successful in the past. Let's just keep going even if the script is subpar. I feel like it is a movie that we probably would have gotten if James Gunn and Peter Safran weren't here. But would it have damaged DC and Wonder Woman even more? And is James Gunn and Peter Safran just hitting pause, figuring out what their slate is, and maybe they figured, you know, it's better to do a Wonder Woman movie in three years with a new actress and start a new trilogy that is going to tie in with a Justice League trilogy. And we can't do that with Gal Gadot when she's demanding $20 million a project. Who knows if that's true? Right, that's but, just us speculating. Right. But it does pose a lot of questions, and it does make me wonder if maybe they are thinking about just doing a full-fledged reboot, which is something that has been rumored and reported amongst everything else, which, honestly, anything is possible, I feel like, at this point, right? Right, yeah. And honestly, who knows? None of us know. Whatever you guys are feeling, though, please let us know down in the comments. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any topic suggestions you want for the rest of the week or maybe want us to cover a different game or something in the next podcast, if you have any ideas, just let us know, too. We'd love to hear from you. And that will do it for the SFM podcast this week, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. If you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel, give us a like, leave us a comment. And if you are listening on an audio-only format, Spotify, Samsung Podcast, Amazon Music, any one of those, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to us as it does help us find more people like you. And that'll do it for us this week, guys. Please remember to iron your capes.